0: Everyone and welcome to another episode of That's What People Do. Um, as we said last week, we are back to regular episodes now. We are bringing you interesting stories about interesting people, which is exactly what we want to be doing, and we know that's exactly what you want to be hearing. So here it is, after a bit of a break in between. Uh, there's not much we can do about it. There's a fucking pandemic going on. So yes. Welcome back, everyone. You're joined with me, Ryan McGowan. I have got James with me on the airways. Hi, James. Hello. I hope this volume level's okay. It seems to be. Yes, James we noticed grossed. there was a bit of a hiccup last week, but we we think we've fixed it this week. So, you know, bear with us. We are new to this side of it all. Uh, usually we are in the same room, so it's not a problem. But we're trying to sync up together about three, was it, or about 100 miles away from each other or so.
1: A long way. A long, a lo- very a long way. way
0: um we've just had our little debriefing about how we're getting on at home in isolation nation um so we're not going to bore you lot with it but we hope you're doing okay and uh, we know that it seems most of our listeners are from the uk so if you are enjoying your isolation uh let us know if you're not enjoying isolation i'm sorry about that um it, it does suck for a lot of people i'm i'm an introvert at heart so it really does not bother me at all but uh, my partner she's an extrovert and he, she's struggling with it so you know Two different people living in the same household so yes bear with us people we are trying to figure out this way of doing the podcast It is new to us uh, you may hear the odd people walking around having a daily exercise outside my window and um, we've got some diy happening in my house as well so if you do hear some bumps and noises you will know that that's from that um, but who have we have got this week uh, this week i am bringing you the episode and i am bringing you a man who is called the Vampire of Hanover? His name is Fritz Harman. Um, so I'm really interested and excited to bring this person to you because I've I had heard of him uh, briefly. And then when I actually looked into it, I was like, damn, this story gets deep. And this story's got loads of stuff to it. So this could be a long episode. In fact, we are going to make this a two-parter. So this is Fritz Harmon part one the vampire of Hanover are you ready James I'm ready it sounds interesting excellent so Friedrich Heinrich Karl Harman his nickname was Fritz was born October the 25th 1873 or 1879 in Hanover Germany to parents Johanna and Ollie Harman Fritz was the youngest of six children and was known to be quiet and timid. Now, I couldn't find out too much uh, about when he was younger um, or necessarily how much younger he was to his siblings, but I'm going to guess that there was quite a few years gap between them because his mother absolutely, completely doted upon him, like fully doted upon him. I don't know if you've ever known someone who has like that, they're like the youngest and the mother just smothers them because they're like, it's their last yeah. chance to have their little baby.
1: It never usually ends well.
0: No, it generally doesn't. They always end up a bit odd. If you, if you are yeah, that person that was mothered, I mean, I hope you've turned out okay. But, as he was the youngest, uh, like I say, I believe he's going to be quite a lot younger than the rest of them because of the way she behaved, like she properly, properly mothered him. Uh, you can see Um, Harman's father he um, seems to have married his mother for her money Uh, she was quite wealthy, he not so much so Ollie married um, Johanna it seems because she had quite a big old dowry from the family which, that's not a thing anymore is it dowries Uh, I haven't,
1: I've only ever heard that word being used in terms of historical things right yeah like the father
0: saves up a shitload of money so to, to give yeah. to the, the the new groom when they take your daughter. Almost as if to say, like, yeah, like, oh, here's a load of money to help you look after my child.
1: Yeah, women are less possessions nowadays; more human beings.
0: Yeah, and, and thank God for that. <laughs> Yes, pro that. (laughs) Uh, Put that out there. Pro that. Johanna and Ollie. Johanna, she seemed to. She was seven years older than Ollie was, uh, and uh, but Ollie was known to be quite a womanizer. He continuously engaged in affairs to the point he caught syphilis. So, my theory is that maybe another child would fix something. You know, keep him around. I don't know. But apparently he was a bit of a cold guy was his dad, known to be short tempered and quite argumentative. So at age 41 Joanna has young Fritz, something for her to completely dote on and man was this kid wrapped up in bubble wrap. So from a young age Fritz's behaviour was more feminine, actively avoiding quotes boyish Activities like sports, you know, running around doing stupid shit and what would be at the time traditional boy stuff, not like today. Mm. Instead, he would spend a lot of his time dressing himself up in his sister's clothes and playing with dolls and wearing his mother's shoes and things like that. Um, he also seemed right, to okay. have a passion for needlework and cooking uh, things that today are normal for us blokes as well. But back then, uh, were more feminine jobs that being a big old burly man shouldn't really be doing, you know? Um, yeah. So that's my theory, is that she's she's like seven or so years older than the dad. He was a notorious womanizer, so much so that he caught STDs. Uh, they've had all their kids, and maybe he's not touching her so much, or, you know, she's not got anything going on. Maybe the kids are old enough now that they can kind of look after themselves and she's just stuck at home in this loveless marriage like, fuck this shit. How many kids has she had? She's got, so she had six in total and he was the youngest.
1: Right, well... That's yeah. my on, theory. I'm about to make a really horrendous remark then but I won't because this is going on the internet.
0: Continue. Okay, I really wish I could hear that now. Um, but yeah, that's my theory is that she's decided to have another kid to like give her something else to... You know, that's potentially another 15, 16 years of... Something to love and something that will love her, but it's a theory. It's a theory. I might be overlooking it and actually underdoing it, or I don't know. But I shall move on. So uh, Fritz, at school, even his even his teachers reported that he was clearly mollycoddled and spoilt, prone to daydreaming. He was well behaved but not academically gifted, having to resit a year to finish his primary education. Supposedly fritz was molested by a teacher at this uh, tender age but there is no other information on it nor did he ever mention it again in detail um right so i don't know how much i can go on that really Uh, it just came up as, as saying fritz mentioned that he was molested as a child as if that's like some sort of excuse as to what he's about to do later on in his life
1: but i mean it's a very common theme in these podcasts isn't it so let's just Staple that down to truth it's definitely I would say nine tenths of our fucking episodes have been someone got molested at, as a child
0: yeah, that does seem to, so so far, so what we've done like nearly forty episodes or something, half of those are bad people, so we we're getting quite a uh an idea of what seems to go on in bad people's lives, and yeah, it seems to be that quite a lot of the time they've been molested or abused in some form as a child, and there seems to be like a cycle of violence that happens.
1: Yeah, they they do have messed up childhoods, for sure.
0: Mm. Well, Fritz, oddly enough, then, was actually growing to be a fine-strapping young man, considering all his needlework and cooking. Uh, still not really getting to grips with academics, though. With the consent of his parents, he took up an apprenticeship with a blacksmith at the age of 14. Which, you know, oh, man's, man's work. work. Like, Surely dad's got to be in on that one, surely. He'd be like, yeah, go for it, lad, yeah. like, big strappy young lad. Hammer this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But that didn't last, because at 15, he decided it wasn't really for him. Instead, he wanted to join a military academy instead. Uh, And he started his training in 1895, where he stayed for the rest of his career, earning himself the rank of Commander General and living a very respectable life, dying at the age of 78 years old of pneumonia.
1: That's fucking good innings for those days. Good
0: innings. That was a complete lie, obviously. That did not happen. Uh, he quit yeah. he quit after 5 months uh in the military academy well i say quit um I'll give him his dues he initially took to military life and was actually quite good at it he really enjoyed it but he began to suffer bouts of seizures randomly losing consciousness which again is something That's unfortunate. is something we see quite a lot as well
1: yeah there's always some underlying illness isn't there
0: yeah Generally, like, they get bumped on the head yeah. and they start getting seizures and they start hearing voices and start seeing God and it's like, I'm going to start murdering yeah. them. <laughs> Well, this is my time. <laughs> this is it. Um, I don't like that noise you're making. There is a really weird whirring noise. I don't know if you can hear it, James, but if you can hear it at home, I'm really sorry about I it. I don't know where it's coming it. from, but um, I, hopefully I'm talking over it as much. So it doesn't bother you too much. Uh, but anyway, Fritz was discharged uh, from the military academy and returned home taking up a job in the cigar factory that his dad had tied up um, you know which gives him a bit of stability now he's, he's been flitting around since he left school do this job do that job not lasting very long now he's got some stability which surely should be good for him but again that didn't last long because uh, after he was 16 Fritz had his first run in with the police. See he was arrested for luring young boys to cellars and secluded areas and then sexually assaulted them oh dear he's sixteen he's sixteen yeah that's a
1: that's a no no it is a no no I'm sure that's a sign of things to come as well
0: i think i you' you're 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 very right there now very quickly he was noted as having mental issues and placed in a mental institution and when yeah uh when when uh what's the word now psychiatrically assessed it says big word when psychiatrically assessed he was deemed quote incurably deranged which i think is a fantastic thing to describe someone as Uh, and he was then unfit to stand trial on his psychiatrist's advice Harman was to be confined to a mental mental institution indefinitely in 1897. He's only 18 at this point, so he committed the crime at 16. The trial lasted so long, uh, well, he wasn't fit to stand trial, but the psychiatric assessments and all that sort of stuff lasted long enough that in 1897, uh, when he was put in a mental institution, he would then turned 18 at that point. But also he was uh, said to, uh, to be confined indefinitely. Which means you go, well, that's not a sentence at all, but that's it is life isn't it, yeah, basically they've said you have no you're mentally deranged, you are incurably deranged, so much so that you're gonna stay the rest of your life in here because there's nothing we can do about it, which is a life sentence, isn't it,
1: yeah, but in those days, like what defined deranged was like so many things,
0: and mm. uh, did you know this shit still happens, like as in um your uh indefinitely put inside somewhere. This sorry, this is the thing in America. I don't know if you've seen it. There's a Louis Theroux documentary about uh, I think it's like the pedo jail or something like that. And it's where um like paedophiles, convicted paedophiles go to this center in America and it's it's that it's after their prison sentence. So after they've served their like, I don't know, 13, 15 year prison term, they then have to go to this uh, medical um mental institution for like convicted sex offenders where they then have to spend more time locked away basically readjusting going through the psychiatrists and all this sort of shit but that has no fixed term on it so they literally can keep you in there for as long as they say you're not ready to go out
1: uh you'd hope that the medical professionals are are just that are professionals and will deem them fit for society when it's appropriate
0: yeah, because I suppose yeah. it's one
1: of those things that you can't put a timeline in. You can't be like, "Oh, you're going to be cured in six months." Like, you just don't know. No,
0: I mean that's right. And then obviously, they there will be a case. be a case of them, um, they saying, "Oh, you're not ready," or "You're, you're on your way." We know what you did. You know what I mean? Like, but the fact that you know some of them have been in there for like nearly twenty years still.
1: Yeah, that's a long time. And if you aren't curable, mm-hmm. like you ain't coming out, are you?
0: No, absolutely not. I suppose that is the point. Harman would be in this institution for seven months before he managed to escape, allegedly with the help of his mother, who swept him away to Switzerland, where he would live a relatively uh, normal life with a relative taking up a job as a handyman, Uh, which, I don't know, is this like a some sort of generational man of the time thing? Would you be able to just take up a job as a handyman? This is what I thought, right, this is going to bring me
1: on to open a fucking massive can of worms, because, like, Mm. if you quit a job nowadays, you can't just then get another job in the afternoon, whereas when, like, our parents were born and when our grandparents were born, like, that was very easy to do. It seems Mm. nowadays, for a job, you need fucking seven degrees, the blood of a virgin, and, like, 20 years experience.
0: 100%. My mum used to say to me, she was like, it's not what you know, it's what's on paper.
1: Hmm. My CV is bollocks. My CV is pure
0: bollocks. (laughs) I get my partner to write mine because I'm really bad at at, at academics and writing. (laughs) I'm awful at it. Um, Yeah, yeah, getting a job is fucking
1: hard. But no, I couldn't just become a handyman because you need the qualifications and the, the experience to go with it.
0: Yeah, I mean my mum she told me a story like when she was younger. She was like, Oh yeah, I had this job like and I didn't like it, so I quit and then the next day I went to the news and she, like, or like some other shop and she just walked in and went, Have you got any jobs and I went, Yeah and that was it. She got a job doing a fucking interview. So like, easy. Now, if I quit my job, that's at least three to four months just doing nothing.
1: Yeah, like, I quit my mo- I quit a job in September. not September, well mate, months are not a thing anymore. I quit a job in where am I? January. And then I had like a month and a half of just like applying for shit, going for interviews, not getting it. And then I got one mm. and then lo and behold, we're in the situation we are now. But like, it took <laughs> a long time.
0: It takes so long to find a job now. It's crazy. And it's only going to get worse for the automa- automation of, of jobs. Yeah, yeah unless you like,
1: get qualifications in fixing robots.
0: 100%. Which is why I am studying to be an engineer at the moment because shit's got to get fixed.
1: Yeah, if you can fix like stuff like that, you're employed for life. Or be an undertaker. Undertakers will never go out of business.
0: Oh yeah, especially now. Yeah, because people can't die. People dying. So you couldn't be a handyman. I think I could put up a shelf, and I think I, I could paint a wall quite um, well. I'm 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 quite good with my hands. Like I can fix things. Like, but people wouldn't believe me. I'm really good at taking apart a pen and putting it back together when I'm in a ah. Oh
1: in school you become a fucking master of that don't you
0: literally yeah i feel like a jedi master making a jedi uh lightsaber
1: yeah oh, taking well, apart the pen
0: unscrewing like the top like pulling out the the ink yeah <laughs> did you ever suck the um, gel out of gel pens no i did not i was not weird i did I, it once you know, the ones that it. Smell, aren't they smell weren't they
1: uh, you can get smelly ones, yeah. But like, there was a thing where if you take the back off and then just suck the bottom, you suck the fucking gel out. I remember loads of us doing it in primary school, and it was fucking horrible.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. No, I never did that. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was not good. Your anyway. tongue would turn whatever colour the pen is.
0: Brilliant, which is totally dangerous. Oh, it's very totally, toxic. That's very totally toxic. toxic. <laughs> anyway, so Harmon got a little job as a handyman whilst living with a relative in Switzerland. Now, overall, Harmon would actually only stay there for about two years before heading back to Hanover. I presume he was homesick. um, But when he returned, he fell for and engaged a lady named Erna Lovert, which I think is a cool name, Lovert. That is Erna Lovert. Erna Lovert, who became pregnant with his child rather quickly. Um, She would later have this pregnancy aborted, either forced by him or not, we don't yet know. Uh, But... Now back in Hanover, he was to serve compulsory military uh, service in nineteen hundred. That's when he did just that. Uh, he was sent to Alsace, which I is that. on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alsace is, I think, on like the French-German border. Right. Okay. Um, and I think you might remember. I think the, the reason you sort of know that name, Alsace, is where we get Alsatian for the dog. Right. And also Alsace is... Um, Eric Cantona did these? Is it the Stella adverts? Uh, I, mean, I think he does some... Yeah, he
1: does some adverts.
0: Yeah, and he's like... He, I think he's, isn't he from Alsace or something? Um, I don't know. He's very French. He is very French. Um, anyway, so in 1900, Fritz Harman went to Alsace to serve in the 10th Rifle Battalion uh, and fully longed off his future wife at that point. He was like, "CLA, I'm, I'm off to be a soldier because I didn't do it the first time when I was a teenager. I was too sickly, but now I'm definitely going to do it. So again, he excelled in the military. He gained a reputation among his superiors as an exemplary soldier, an excellent marksman. He was mentioned uh, at this time in the military was his best time of his life. He absolutely adored it. Unfortunately, In 1901, just a year into his service, his health faltered again. He started collapsing, having seizures and suffering from dizziness. After being hospitalized for several months, Harmon was discharged from the military on medical grounds in 1902 with dementia praecox, or schizophrenia, as it's called today. I don't think we call it schizophrenia anymore, but... um, Anyway, um, I think it's still a thing. I think it's just massively misinterpreted what it is. That's right, yeah. I think because I think they used to, everyone, everyone was just diagnosed, oh, he's schizophrenic. Eh, hey, schizophrenic. And it's like nowadays, yeah. you'd be like, well, it's, he's not schizophrenic, he's bipolar or, or he yeah. suffers from depression or he has anxiety. He's got this, that, the other. It's like, it's, it's schizophrenia, I suppose, is an umbrella term for so many other things. Yeah. But yeah, uh, his discharge allowed him to earn a small military pension of. 12 marks a month i didn't figure out how much that is nowadays because i don't think it's relevant but uh, he's getting um 21 did i say 12 i think i said 12 21 marks a month now out of the military he's got somewhere to live hasn't he he needs to go find somewhere to live he needs a bed to lay in so he's begged his estranged fiance to take him back with him uh and she did that she she brought him back in he moved in with her and then took a job working for his dad again in the cigar factory not really a good idea, considering your dad is a bit of an authoritarian who has never mm. seemed to have approved of your childhood choices and considers you weak, who can't serve in the military and is very aware of your arrest for molesting children. I don't think that's a very good mm. idea to go back and work for your dad. So things were no, beginning... Not. Yeah, no. Nah, and things were beginning to bubble over between Harmon and his dad. When Harmon filed a lawsuit against his dad, Harmon then claimed... That due to his medical al- uh, ailments sustained from serving in the military i mean he hardly served properly but like he's like i served in the military i served medical ailments and you could not uh, uh, help with me and uh, accommodate my needs uh, but the dad was having absolutely none of it uh, the lawsuit was unsuccessful uh, but it all came to a head when a fight between them occurred when it was broken up, Harman's dad filed his own lawsuit on his son, claiming that his son threw around death threats and blackmail attempts. The goal was to have his son sectioned again and locked away. Due to a lack of evidence, though, uh, to back the claims, the lawsuit was dropped by Harman, um, who you know, didn't get away with it, did he? Um, no. He was made to sit a psychiatric evaluation in 1903. So although the dad lost his claim, Harmon still had to go seek another evaluation. Uh, Unlike the last time when he was deemed incurably deranged, Dr. Andrea concluded that although he was morally inferior, he was not mentally unstable. Um. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. He's, so someone previously said that he was incurably deranged, and then this other guy went, "No, he's not incurably deranged. He's morally inferior, but he's morally not morally inferior. He's not men- yeah, he's morally inferior, but he's not mentally unstable. Basically, I think what he's saying there is that uh, he's, he's not- just a bad guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly that. So he, I think what he's saying there is like he's not unstable. Like he's fine mentally. There's not a problem with him. He seems to be okay." He's to, he just lacks morals. He, he's a very unable to understand the difference between right and wrong. It seems.
1: Yeah. Oh, there's a. Oh, Fred West had similar issues. Yeah. Which, but he was also mentally deranged. Anyway, I, mean, I don't know if I agree with that. We'll learn more as he gets worse.
0: Yeah. Well, we will find out. He does have quite a few other psychiatric evaluations. Anyway. Maybe in an attempt to get his son away from him and learn to grow as a person, Harmon's dad helped him find him and his fiance uh, a fishmonger shop. So he gave him a load of money and said, here, open up yourselves a shop, whatever you want to do, I'll give you a load of money, get the fuck out from under my feet, go off and be on your own, here's a load of money. And they set up a fishmonger shop. Not content with being a shop owner though, Harmon decided to try his hand as an insurance salesman. Now, in 1904, he was officially classified as unfit to work by the military, which meant that his monthly pension would be slightly increased as compensation for the fact that it was in the military he got this ailment. Now, possibly a mixture of his anxiety and increasingly free time, Harmon started to accuse his fiancée of having an affair. He thought that she was like having an affair with some student around the area, and she was, like. Can you be fucking real? Like, you literally ran off to go be a little toy soldier. And then you begged me (laughs) to come back, and I took you back, and you're the one who's got the fucking sexual deviant criminal record going, you know, and you're accusing me. So fed up with this shit, she ended the engagement, and as the fishmonger shop was in her name, which shows how much Harmon's dad actually trusted him, uh, she told him to do one and leave, which he did. (laughs) Uh, I've got now here in like sort of little like brackets was more for myself, but I definitely want to bring it up anyway. His previous conviction confuses me. He escaped from a mental institution for molesting children. Yeah. Why when he came back, was he not then rearrested? Um, well, maybe they weren't looking for him. But he went and served in the military again.
1: Did he change his identity, perhaps?
0: I think there might be something that he had a different name, but I don't know if you can get away I don't, that. I don't,
1: Yeah, the, I don't think the investigations were that, that thorough back in those days. Like, yeah. there was no DNA and all that. It's kind of just if you recognise a man on the street. So he probably just got away with it. He got very lucky.
0: Yeah, the only other thing I can think of, which I think happens nowadays still, is that maybe because he himself was a technically a minor when he committed the crime, but now he's an adult. He can't be tried or arrested for the crimes committed when he was not an adult potentially very potentially because i'm sure that's a thing now like if you commit a crime as a child you can't be then i think like that gets wiped as soon as you become an adult or something i think it depends on the severity of it yeah because isn't the bulger case didn't they continue and just moved up to adult prison you know the kids who killed james bulger
1: yeah and then they both got new identities That's and right. one of them actually went and lived a like is living a reasonable life and the other one's just a fucking sex pest.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and they they like released his new identity later on and someone leaked it, didn't they? Yeah, but there's the other one moved
1: to Australia and is just living I think and just living a normal life. Yeah. He was the one that got dragged along and
0: didn't really want to be part of it. Oh, that makes sense then that he's just cracking on now and the other one's still being a fucking idiot. Anyway, yeah. So Fritz Harman has been kicked out from his fiance's fishmonger house, which was meant for the two of them, but his dad was like, I'm not giving him the money, it's your money, love, like, you do it what you want. So essentially homeless now and with no prospects and just his military income supporting him, he began to walk into a life of petty crime to support himself. Theft and conning were things he picked up. He did occasionally attempt to gain lawful employment, but usually reverted back to stealing from his employers uh, or their customers. This led to several run-ins with the police and various stints in prison for larceny and embezzlement. From nineteen o five to nineteen twelve, however, it was in nineteen thirteen when he would receive his biggest sentence so far. So from nineteen o five to nineteen twelve, he's having little run-ins with the police, with the prison service. Uh, they're like, oh, "Come on, Fritz! Like you're better than this." And he's like, "Oh, I know, I know!" Like, and then in nineteen thirteen. He got his biggest sentence so far Harmon was once again arrested for burglary when his apartment was searched police found a stash of belongings that were all linked to another burglary and it was undeniable that Harmon was involved and he was sentenced to five years in prison so i couldn't find out anything about his prison days but world war one came and went whilst he was locked away so he completely. Oh, so he that. probably got away with that. Definitely got away with that. Yeah, he was not active at all. He was in prison that whole time. So when Fritz Harman got out of prison, the world he re-entered was completely different to the one he left behind. Could you imagine that? Yeah. Like
1: coming out, going in before the war, not knowing what's happened, and then coming out after the war. Yeah. Like <laughs> so I mean, much would have changed. So many people would just
0: be dead. That's what I mean. Like loads of people that you might have known are now gone. Um, I mean, he's definitely heard of it. He knows that a war's going on, but I'm not entirely sure whether he knows how the war's faring. And then, like, imagine coming out of prison and you go back to like the city Hanover, where, you know, where he's from, and it's just fucking destroyed. Or like, you know, places you usually would go to is no longer there. And you'd be like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Like, oh, I've only been gone five years. Fucking hell, the <laughs> world had completely changed for him. It was crazy. But think of this. So where he, when he lived, it's now no longer this, right? The German empire was no more. Kaiser Wilhelm had abdicated. The industrial might that was Germany has now crashed and is now cash strapped. And it was now a shell of what it once was. If there's time in society where crime is unusually at its peak, it's during and immediately after wars. You know, you've got a lack of domestic manpower homes and buildings were abandoned and and you you're living now in a nation that is trying to rebuild uh, itself it's the perfect breeding ground for criminals to come out and fritz harman fresh from prison knows this all too well he's also got you know he's got prior he's not a novice coming into this he's come to this world and gone oh k&l like this building's empty there's a lack of police going around because it's all dead they've all gone off to fight and shit like that this is a perfect opportunity. Yeah, so- He's got free reign. Literally, you've got free reign, and we'll figure that out as well. Harmon began buying and trading stolen goods, making contacts in the criminal world. Basic commodities were scarce, and prices were rising. And with hardly no army left and a tiny police force, the criminal underworld was virtually left unchecked and free to control the flow of goods. It genuinely was that. Gangs of areas were just controlling whole boroughs and neighbourhoods. That was it. The police, there was not enough manpower for them to do anything about it. The best that the police could do in some of these areas would just work with them and say, all right, boys, look, we know you're doing this shit. You know, it's like the mafia, I suppose, of New York, like in the mafia. The, the police know where they are. They could get them at any point, but, well, they they couldn't. That was the problem. They know where they are. They know where they are. They know who they are and they know where yeah. they're sitting, but they can't get them. It's the same as that. They, just, they know all these gangs are walk, walk, walking around doing this shit, but there's nothing they can do. So, with, with his previous experience as a con man, albeit not a very good one as he was actually caught, Harman had an idea. He was known to the police for his dodgy dealings and moreover for his sexual promiscuity. Harman was virtually an out gay man in a time where being a homosexual was punishable with imprisonment. He decided to become an informant for the police and in return he would be immune from prosecution. So he would uh, allow to be like it was almost like armor. He's like, I'll be. Uh... He was a snitch. Yeah, yeah, he yeah he became a snitch basically. Yeah, he was snitching on like all these gangs that he was working with that he'd built contacts with, and in return, uh, they won't do him for being a gay man. Wow. Yeah, like there's no, I couldn't find like a moment where he decided he's gay. Um, there's not like there is no like this is the moment he realised or anything like that that I could find anyway I'm sure if there's a biography on him somewhere that it might say so but I couldn't find any Um, but it just seems that like from when he's 16 and he's molesting young boys uh, he's going to prison yeah he married a wife he he had a wife for a little brief period of time but so did quite a lot of gay men at the time it was normal it was like armor Um, like what was it like a shield what do they call it Um, I forget it's like an Aaron Hernandez have you watched the Aaron Hernandez documentary no damn Um, I forget what they call it now like oh that's it his beard they call it a beard a beard is something where apparently like um, a gay guy who um, is not yet ready to come out as gay does something that is masculine that covers up that he's gay so in the Aaron Hernandez documentary it's about a a guy who plays American football Um, he is a gay guy but he's married he's got kids he plays American football it's like the manliest stuff that you can do that's his quote beard like so you don't look, like, because obviously a, a beard, if you can grow one, you look more masculine than you would if you didn't have one. The idea of doing masculine things is that beard equivalent to, like, being this, I don't know, flamboyant, stereotypical gay guy.
1: Yeah, I, I, I kind of, yeah, yeah, I get that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't know, it's a tunnel. Um But anyway, yeah, so at some point, like, he's now openly just like a gay guy, like, he's not... uh running around chasing skirt and sort of stuff like that he he's almost openly just going for guys um and he's now said to the police i will inform for you and snitch be a grass all that sort of stuff but you are now basically making me immune from prosecution they're like fine whatever that helps us out so you're he's like he's small fry because he's been caught he's such a shit con man he's been caught so he would tip off the police all right um He would tip off the police with who is selling uh, and what they're selling and say that he was holding it all in his apartment, right? So this was his way of protecting himself. Everything that he was selling and trading on the black market with all these gangs, he would keep in his apartment, which would help him from the underworld because the police would then raid his house and take all of the stolen gear, right? Right. And then right. what would look what it would look like was that there was another informant because they got Fritz. He'd say, "Well, why would I inform on myself? I've just been fucking caught." Does that make sense?
1: Um.
0: Y- yeah, I kind of got lost in the middle, but yeah. So he, so uh, it, right, he would say to like he'd do, do, do some dodgy dealings and he'd then say to the police, "Right, uh, this deal is going to happen." he's trading this to that person and then what he'd, yeah. he'd, he'd play the middleman and he'd say i will hold the goods for you in my apartment so he'd hold all the yep. goods and then the police would raid his house his apartment and then he would then be arrested alongside all the other people to make it look oh, like okay. it, it's the whole thing has been done and he's been caught as yep. well so it's a, so he doesn't get fucked by it as well? Exactly, yes. Then the criminal world can't look at him and say, oh, he's a snitch. They'll say, oh, he's in on it yeah. as well, like he got caught, he's fucked as well. But obviously okay, they'll just I let him that. walk away at the end of it. Um, so in, in time, Harmon began to earn the trust of the police. Uh, they really didn't have many choices, though, to be fair. They were hopelessly understaffed and underpaid and could not keep up with the criminal world. So all the help they could get would be taken. So gaining trust with the police almost put a veil of invisibility over Harmon, who continued to his uh, criminal ways, even when working with the police. He was still dealing, still trading, doing all this sort of shit, um, but they weren't going to prosecute him because he's their guy. So on September 7th of 1918, a young man named Friedel Roth disappeared. When the police questioned his friends, they said they had last seen him with a man called Fritz Harman. When the information was relayed back to the Roth family, they wanted an immediate search of Harmon's apartment. Eventually, a month later in October, they did. They raided twenty seven Celestrasa and found Harmon, now forty years old, with a half naked thirteen year old boy in his apartment. Oh dear. Harmon was charged with the assault and battery of the 13 year old boy and was sentenced to nine months for this. But this sentence this sentence was somehow postponed. He would have to serve it at a later date. The case of Friedel Roth, that went cold. So this young boy, that case has gone cold, right? He's not been found. He's missing. The last person he was seen with was Fritz Harmon. They went to Fritz Harmon's and they didn't get him for that. They got him for having his way with a 13-year-old boy when he's in his 40s. Yeah. And the Frieda Roth case went cold. But if only they had looked hard enough in Harmon's apartment, they might have found a clue to his disappearance. Is there like a fucking body under the floorboards or something? I shall tell you later in late 1919 we're gonna move on he has not gone to prison at this point he has been convicted his sentence will be postponed he will serve that at a later date I don't know why I couldn't find that out but nevertheless it has been postponed oh dear in late 1919 an 18 year old named Hans Granz, which is a really odd name Hans Grans, Hans Grahns Hans made it to Hanover He was from berlin but ran away after an argument with his dad got out of hand the boy was all alone with no money he was living on the streets of hanover for a few weeks trying to sell old clothes to people in the central train station to make enough money just to eat right so through his encounters on the street he had heard of a harman guy and knew that he was into young men Hans Granz had always stated that he was heterosexual, but intended to sell his body to Harman to just make some money. So when they officially right, okay. met, Harman offered to take Hans back to his apartment. Later, Harman said he saw Hans, quote, like a son, not wanting him to, quote, go to the dogs, which makes him sound like he really cares about this guy. Enough... That he asked Hans to move into his one bedroom apartment. Hans would then go on to become Harman's lover and accomplice. For Hans, he must have felt like he was in an impossible situation. Live on the streets with the possibility of being uh, attacked or dying, or living with this 40 year old man who sees you as a lover but at least feeds you and keeps a roof over your head.
1: I mean, he's kind of only got himself to blame because he fucking strolled up to him and was like, yo.
0: Yeah, I mean, he ran away. Is is that a victim-blaming thing? He ran away. He's chose to run away. He's now living on the streets. Yes, he knows of this guy who's into young boys. He himself is a young, strapping young lad, and he knows that if he just sells his body to him, at least he gets paid. I'm not entirely sure whether he thought... Oh, I'm going to end up moving in with this guy.
1: Um, maybe that wasn't on his radar, but he was going to like sell his body to him. Yeah. So he knew what he was getting into kind of. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, he had some idea, didn't he? Um Well, this can't last forever, surely. You know, he's a young boy, he's not gay. He's living with this guy who thinks you're his lover, but he's feeding you and he's keeping a roof over your head, which is more than he had beforehand. Um but at the same time, you know you don't want to be there. Harmon still hadn't made up his mind what he was actually going to do with the lad. See, he was smitten with him for sure, but he was also aware that Hans was possibly using him now and then. And he even caught him on a couple of occasions mocking him, which he was not overly pleased with, but probably had a nice arse or something, and he was like, yeah, I, I do fancy him do you know what I mean like you know when like you're with someone who's toxic and you're just like I know I shouldn't be with you but I kind of like it
1: oh yeah mate you've just described every relationship I've ever ever had (laughs) they don't fucking listen I don't care
0: that's what's happening with Fritz Harmon like he's with this young toxic guy who makes him feel great and like makes him feel young and but but he knows it's probably not a good idea in the long run so where we see this internal conflict. happening again and again right they argue a lot they fight a lot and it gets to the point where harman throws out hans but then like within i don't know an hour or a day at most he's begging him to come back to the house like full-on pleading with him to come back not long after throwing him out. And eventually Hans always comes back because really what's Hans got? He hasn't got nothing really. All he's got is that bit of leverage of, I will leave you. And then Han, like Harman's like, no, please come back. Um, Harman said of this, he quotes, had to have someone I meant everything to. Like he got off on being this savior figure for Hans, keeping him alive, keeping him fed, keeping him with a roof over his head. You know, I I can't tell which one it is. Is it this, it gives him this gratification of I'm like, he's almost playing God. I'm keeping this boy alive by choice. Or does he just, is it that love relationship thing where he's like, if he leaves, I've got nothing kind of thing. I can't tell which one it is. Hmm. This back and forth would come to a pause when in March of 1920, Harmon had to serve his nine-month sentence for abusing a 13-year-old. So it got postponed. Why
1: is it always 13-year-olds? I know, like, being a nonce is being a nonce, but why is it 13 all the time?
0: I'm not entirely sure why he thinks it's... Why 13 is, he's like, that's that's the common age. Um, yeah, it, it, it does seem odd. Because that's like when you're classed as a teenager, isn't it, for the first time? Um, yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah, because it's the first time it's a teen, isn't it? Yeah. Still wrong, well, yeah, so that's in October of nineteen eighteen he committed that offense, and it was it was uh, postponed until March the twentieth
1: interesting, um, the law so, system
0: at this time is fucked, oh god yes yeah, it's, it's, it's' bizarre, so it's March twentieth Harmon is about to serve his nine month sentence for abusing a thirteen year old boy. And that is where we will leave part one. And we will pick that up next week for part two of Fritz Harman, the Vampire of Hanover. What do you think so far? Right.
1: I mean, he's a fucking paedophile, is what I think so far.
0: Yeah, I suppose there's not really too many ways to go about it. He is an out-and-out paedophile.
1: Yeah, but I'm interested as to why he's a vampire.
0: Yeah, well, we'll find out next week, won't we? Um, I'm looking forward to bringing the rest of this story to you guys because um, it's been really fascinating reading up on this guy and I hope you're all enjoying it and I hope you'll join us next week for part two because it gets a bit interesting
1: um, well, it's already quite interesting but yeah the, the, the term vampire is very interesting to me so I'm interested mm. he, he's definitely going to kill someone Oh, and vampire in a usually involves blood and drinking of some sorts.
0: He's definitely on the way. I believe he had a couple of names, nicknames, uh, vampire. He also had werewolf, but I like vampire more. So I went with vampire. Oh, right. Okay. Because I think it's more so he's apt, a beast. It's more apt for his modus operandi, but we'll talk about that right. more next week. And I hope you cool. will join us next week to have part two of Fritz Harmon, the vampire of Hanover. Um, thank you very much for listening everyone Uh, thank you very much for being patient and waiting for us Um, it's all a bit up in the air at the moment, we've been trying our damnedest to bring the episodes back Um, so thank you very much for waiting Uh, and I hope this has been worth it for you guys make sure you follow us on all the social media stuff on Facebook, you'll find us that's what people do, podcast, uh, Instagram uh, that's what people do, podcast uh, Twitter at that's WPD, uh, or if you have any suggestions for anyone you would like us to talk about, hit us up at that's what people do podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you guys. And yes, join us next week, same time, Friday. It's always in the morning sometimes, unless we have to get postponed. Like we 7 a.m. You know. UK time. Usually between 7 a. 3 and 7. It depends yeah. depend- what I click first. <laughs> so. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. I hope you've enjoyed it. We will see you next week for part two. And it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. All right. (laughs) Fucking pointless. What? (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: literally how pointless ends.
0: (laughs) All right, guys. See you later.
1: Bye.